0: We're talking with Mike Arnold today, who is both the CEO and Managing Director of Stealth Global, ASX code SGI, market cap of $10 million. Now, Mike, you recently announced your trading update for the nine months to March 31st, 2022.
1: What were the highlights? 40% on, uh, on last year in terms of quarter three and delivered 26 million. So we're on a, uh, a run rate now annualised of $100 million, which we've uh, been talking about for a little time now. For the nine months of the year, FY22 versus the same period in FY21, we're up 49%, we've delivered about $70 million. So um, we're fairly consistent with our messaging over recent months, and that's been supported by acquisitions as well as organic growth.
0: So Mike, what is the potential top line organic growth rate? What's that look like, excluding acquisitions at the moment?
1: We've said that we'll grow by 25% on last year and we expect to uh, continue on that pathway over the next couple of years. And that's supported by uh, five different operating brands that we have in uh, a number of different markets. And the opportunities from that come from uh, cross-selling as well as growth within the existing customer pipeline that we've been operating with. Uh, And that's also supported by uh, a number of new contracts that we implemented between November and April
0: of um, this year. What sort of cost inflation are you seeing across the products Stealth Global sells?
1: It does vary,
0: and um, I don't
1: think we're you know we've avoided that like everybody else in terms of supply chain disruptions and the reports out of China around Shanghai been locked down and um, and obviously a number of different factories being locked down as well, no doubt will have a rolling effect, but for us we increased our stock by just over 10%, uh, which is about a million dollars, to make sure that we have continuity of supply. So um, we found that in some categories four to six weeks have been um, generally the timeline of delays and that's why we've increased our stock level. So the key to our business is making sure we've got the right stock in the right location. Uh, and I guess the second one is wages. And um, I think that's you know, quite well reported and we incentivize our, our employees. We've had a really low turnover of staff in the last six months. So we think that what we're doing both from a cultural point of view and from an incentive point of view is driving our business forward from having really good engagement by our staff.
0: Mike, you've made a number of acquisitions and, and have experienced strong growth across the platform. What are some of the key risks potentially that worry you at the moment?
1: Um, Well, probably from an operational point of view, what happens in China in terms of the supply chain? um, Does that get slowed down? Uh, The cost of freight is obviously a key element of that, as well as input costs of manufacturing. Um, You know, the situation that's happening in Europe with Ukraine, uh, that obviously has bigger economic impacts, uh, but they're outside our control. The things that we can control very much So it's around ensuring that uh, our service delivery with our customers is really strong and making sure that uh, how we engage with customers is better aligned and bringing those integration elements in play as well as the synergies. There's quite a significant amount of synergies across the five businesses uh, that we operate of which three are coming to this year. And I think that in itself is really where our uplift will come from um, as we move forward.
0: Mike, you've made a number of acquisitions recently. What are some of the key synergies that an acquisition can offer Stealth Global?
1: Two elements. Basically, one on the revenue side. Um, We identified that about 3% of all customers we had no overlap of selling our products to. And uh, under review, we've now determined that almost 100% of our customers can buy all our products that we sell across. The five lines so industrial safety truck and automotive as well as workplace supplies and what that allows us to on the revenue side is offer more products to the customers that have traditionally been supported in those brands and even into the stores that we operate uh, ourselves as well as the independent stores giving them a greater capacity of range uh, to be able to offer to their customers as a one-stop shop uh, from the cost point of view Clearly, there's a number of back-end benefits and there's scale. So we always knew that when we got to about $100 million in turnover, then scale really comes into form. That's across the supply chain or better buying power. Um, we become more relevant, but we've really looked at positioning ourselves as a point of difference, and we believe that we've now got that. Not only the range we sell, but we've got 66 stores now across Australia uh, so, you know, we're the largest in terms of company owned and independent stores. So, the synergies obviously, uh, and that's very recent, the synergies obviously coming to play uh, on a cost uh, side of things to becoming more efficient within our supply chain across those
0: stores. And, Mike, achieving scale and extracting synergies is all about uh, growing margins, I assume.
1: So, uh, in three years, we've grown our gross profit margin from 18.5% to uh, around about 30% were operating now. Um, so that absolutely comes from gaining uh, efficiency and effectiveness across the board and introducing uh, automation, but also selecting the right clients where, um, you know, we can obviously drive not only value, but we can obviously improve our own operating margin. In that.
0: Can you talk through a recent acquisition to highlight these benefits?
1: Uh, well, look, this is a real case in point. We uh, acquired a business in Albany, Western Australia, United Tools. It was uh, an independently owned store and has been operating in that market for 30 years. Uh, we also acquired Skipper Transport Parts back in uh, August of last year and they have a store in Albany. So the opportunity now to create a dual brand within one store operation, and whilst we've got specialists at the front end, Uh, For customers at the back end, there's a lot of efficiency that we can bring to um, our cost to serve. So whether that be a lower cost of property by having one property, by having um, the distribution chain with freight being consolidated onto the same load, all those efficiencies come into play. But the broader strategy really is this model as a pilot store. That we can create larger stores, dual branding, maybe even triple branding in some cases, and that gives all customers the opportunity to walk into all one-stop shop and um, and have a comprehensive range of product
0: across the board. And looking forward, what does this mean for the bottom line?
1: That acquisition was only 1.4 million revenue and 0.3 in um, in margin um, or EBITDA, I should say. What that ultimately does now that we've got the scales, we're consolidating and we're acquiring more stores um, through the independence that we operate with so that we provide them with an exit strategy. But also it gives us the ability to um, have a lower cost to serve. So our main aim has been and consistently is that we have a lower cost to serve once we get to this scale of hundred million plus. We have spent the last three years investing in the company, looking to grow our revenue, grow our platform, and as we mentioned, getting the right level of scale. So we believe that our target um, of 8% EBITDA by 2025 is very achievable. And, you know, the last 12 months and probably even two or three years, we've always had these abnormal costs because we continue to acquire next year we should have a free run. We'll have a full-year contribution of skippers. We'll have a full-year contribution of United Tools. Um, And, you know, and obviously the ability to be able to then drive the efficiencies out of that
0: uh, should be dropping to the bottom line. Mike Arnold, thanks for your time.